You are tuning into the True North Church Podcast. Our prayer is that you would be inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more information about True North Church, please visit us online at truenorthak.org. Well, good morning. How's everyone doing today? How are the rest of y'all doing today? Man, good to have you at True North. My name's Mark. I'm one of the pastors. We live stream our second gathering. Would you give it up for those watching online right now? Thank them for coming. And it's also, uh, we're in several correctional facilities across the state of Alaska, and they're watching. And so, so glad we could be a church that's beyond just the walls of our building. Hey, uh, you know, in fact, one of the reasons we do 12 Days of Christmas, you saw Timothy Tinselton, is because we want to find excuses for True North to get outside the walls of our church. And so uh, there's different excuses out there, different reasons, whether it's hams for uh, the single teenagers in our community, there's a big dinner they're serving for them, um, uh, or the single uh, servicemen. Uh, they, 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 don't call, they don't call the single guys at the, at the Air Force Base uh, soldiers. They call them servicemen. So uh, for the airmen and the servicemen and single soldier, we rented out an entire uh, theater. We rented out the whole theater, and uh, we're serving them pizza. That we're working with the chaplains and some other care agencies. We want to make sure that the, uh, some of the soldiers that can't travel home or servicemen that can't travel home for Christmas, we help take care of them. So stop by and see how I can help with that. Um, love for you to be a part of that. My name's Mark. I'm one of the pastors here, and I have the opportunity to, to, to preach here on, on, at, at this campus today. And we're in a series called uh, Christmas Gifts. And last week we talked about joy, and uh, this week we're talking about peace. Now, let me ask you real quick. Anyone here ever uh, lacked peace? Raise your hand real high. Like there's time. Wow, a few of us. And uh, what, is that, what does the lack of peace mean? It could, be, it could be you took your car in for an oil change and they called you back like, hey, just want to give you an update. It looks like there's this and this and they give you the whole like, list of things like, oh, and, and you're already living like between paychecks. And uh, it could be a lack of peace because maybe the connection and the intimacy in your marriage or the communication isn't what it used to be and you find a lot, there's a weight and you have a hard time falling asleep at night. And, and uh, if your sleep score was, uh, was published, you'd go like, it's not where it needs to be. Or maybe, may, maybe there's a lack of peace because of, uh, uh, of, of a situation with health. Maybe a bad report or a loved one isn't doing well. Or, or maybe just there's just this internal uh, uh, challenge with mental illness or your emotional equilibrium is not where you want. And so we're going to talk today about peace because peace is a gift God came to bring. 700 years before Jesus was born, Isaiah the prophet prophesied regarding Jesus' birth. And, and uh, it says this in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says, a child has been born for us and God has given us a son. Now this is 700 years before but a child is born born to us. The son has been given to us. He will be called, what's that word? Prince of Peace. That's his name. His name is Prince of Peace. And, and those are two Hebrew words. Shar, shalom. Shar literally means, if you look up the Hebrew word, shar means the one in charge. How many want to know? God sent his son Jesus and gave him a job description and says, you are ridiculously in charge of peace. Now, now, now in companies, there's CEOs, there's chief executive officers, there's CFOs, chief, chief financial officers. Jesus is the CPO of the world, the chief peace officer. He came to give peace and shalom. Shalom literally means, it's peace, but it means rest, tranquility, but more than that, it means 
In other words, see, peace doesn't always mean like, 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 like you're tired. Peace could mean that there's a part of you that doesn't fully feel whole. There's a, there's a hole. There, there's things missing, and you just don't quite know what that is. But God's the Shar Shalom, the chief operating officer of peace. He's the, the, he's the prince of peace. He's the one in charge of peace. He's the general of peace. He's the general peace over family dynamics. He's the general peace over emotional dynamics, over work situations, relational tensions, financial concerns, uh, health concerns. He's, he, 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 he's the peace over culture, even though sometimes we raise our kids and go, oh man, I'm glad I'm not a kid right now. Peace. It's the prince of peace. Now today, I, I, I want to look at a couple things I want to look at the kinds of peace God can bring, and I want to listen to the keys experience peace, the kinds of peace. And I don't have time to go into all of it, but, but, but here's the deal. God came to give relational peace. God came to give spiritual peace. God came to give emotional, internal peace. I want to focus on two of those today. I don't have time to focus on the relational side. We can talk about forgiveness and just finished a marriage series a few weeks ago, talked a little bit about that. But I want to look at, uh, uh, and in fact, not only did... did, did uh, 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 Isaiah prophesied about it, but when Jesus was born, at his advent, the angels showed up and told the, 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 the shepherds who were nearby, hey, listen, uh, uh, glory to God in the highest. He's, he's born. You'll find him wrapped in swaddling clothes. But it says this in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 14, on the advent of Christ, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. He's come and he brings peace because the Shar Shalom is here. Anyone need the, the, the Sar Shalom to show up in your life right now and bring you some peace? Because maybe there's some emotional or mental turbulence or some mind monsters that keep you awake at night. Need peace. And so I want to look at what kind of peace he offers. Two kinds of peace today that the Shar Shalom offers. Number one, he offers peace with God. And when I say peace with God, I mean the spiritual peace. How many want to know that we all need peace with God? Not just peace in the world around us, but peace with God. You know, there's something called sin, and we all inherited the sin nature. In Romans chapter one, verse, uh, uh, chapter five, verse one, it talks about how Jesus sent into the world through one man. That's Adam. Sin has came to all men. We're all, we are all spiritually broken. We have, we, because, of, because of Adam, he's fallen in the, in the Garden of Eden. It's called the fall of man. We're all broken human beings who need peace with God. Every one of us. We're not born with a peace with God. We, it's something we have to, it, God, God came to give. It's the most important type of peace you'll ever have. In Romans chapter five, verse one, it says this, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with, say with, with God. We're made right by God because he died on the cross for our sins. We can be made right with God and, and we can have the peace with God because that's what Jesus Christ has done for us. Peace is not something we do. Peace is something that was done for us we can't do enough work to find peace. We don't, we, we, we could work harder, but guess what? It's not about working. Peace with God doesn't come from what you or I do. Peace with God comes from what God has already done on the cross for us. He died for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in will not perish but have everlasting life. God died for us. There's this peace with God. In Ephesians Paul says it this way in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. 
But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away, once were now, you might have some neighbors you think are like way out there. But he's talking about spiritually, you're far away. You have been brought near by the blood of Jesus, that's the cross that he died on, for he himself is our peace, who made the two groups one. In other words, there was an adversary, the Satan, that, that wants to accuse you, the accuser of the brethren. But when, when, you, when you accepted Christ, when we accept Christ as our personal Savior, he takes the two groups and makes them one. We're now at peace with God. He's our peace. I, I remember when I was in high school, uh, my brother and I, it was the year 1989 that they allowed legally for Bible clubs to be established in the local high schools. And uh, as long as there's other clubs, the Bible club could be there. So my twin brother and I, we launched a Bible club, and we led 35 of our friends to Jesus my senior year in high school. We were just, we thought, well, if people die and outside of a great relationship with Jesus, they're going to go. They, they, so we, we were passionate. We brought friends. And, and I think they started coming to our Bible club just so we quit inviting them. And it worked. Grab some invite cards. You've been inviting friends for years for, for, to church. Bring them to Christmas Eve. Invite them. They might come. And Jim one day finally came. And then, and then we, we, uh, we had this big school assembly at our school, guys that broke bricks and, and, and ice and bent bars over their head or in their teeth and rolled up frying pans. And, and, and he came to the church event after, after school that night, and, and the evangelist uh, just talked about how to have peace with God. And he says, you might have a civil war in your mind right now, and a civil war because, and Jim was that kid. If there's, you know, we all know someone like, if that person meets Jesus, you know God's real. That was Jim. And that night, uh, I was in church, and they always said, hey, close your eyes and bow your heads. And, and, and I was a peeker, which meant, like, my friend sitting over there, like, is he going to raise his hand tonight, right? You know, and so I'm peeking, and Jim hand, Jim's hand goes up. And I remember saying, Jim, what, what it feel like? And Jim says, Mark, it was, now he used some words that probably weren't church words. So I won't repeat his words to you. But Jim basically said this. He said, I felt like all the junk of my life was like in a toilet. And the moment I raised my hand to have peace with God, to ask him to be my life, my savior and life leader, is it was like God flushed the toilet and made me completely clean, which is biblical. When you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And Jim that day found something called peace with God. It's the same peace that every single one of us in here and those listening online need to find peace with God. That's the first peace. Because here's the reality. We all have an expiration date on the milk carton of our life and none of us are promised tomorrow. There was a day you didn't exist, but there'll never be a day now you don't exist. When you were conceived in your mother's womb, yes, right the moment the sperm and the egg connected, there was that, that, that was the start of a human being. And at that moment of conception, you became an eternal being. You'll spend eternity somewhere. That's why peace with God is important, because if you haven't found peace with God, you'll be at war with God the rest of your life, separated from God. And that's why we all need peace with God. But there's a second kind of peace that m many of us in here wrestle with uh, on, on, on a semi-regular basis basis until we realize that there can be not just peace with God, but there can be the peace of God. And that's the peace within me. That's the internal emotional peace. The Bible calls it the peace of God. 
Anyone here lack the peace of God? And sometimes it's the, you're trying to have the peace of man. You're trying to organize everything and you're stressed and you're, you, you can't, you can't, you, you're out there juggling 12 things. All that juggling 12 things does doesn't make you a better leader. It means you're more apt to drop a few things. And, and the peace of God, and I love what Colossians, Paul says this to the Colossian church and he says it to us today. Let the peace of Christ Say the peace of Christ. He said, let the peace of Christ, the peace of the Tsar Shalom. You can't give what you don't have. But when you are the chief peace officer, you can give what you have the authority to give. And what you have to give. Let the peace of Christ rule, say rule, in our hearts. Now it's interesting. I look up that word rule. Like what's it mean in the Greek language? So the New Testament was written in Greek. We see that just the English because it was translated for us to understand and, and which I'm thankful that we can read in our common language. But, 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 but the, the word rule, it, it's the Greek word brabu, which means to be the umpire over. To decide. In other words, how many want to know that God wants the peace of Christ, to be the umpire for our hearts. To decide things, to direct things, to call things afoul. The problem is, is sometimes we're not ruled by the peace of God, we're ruled by the stress of our own engagements. And, and Paul says, let the peace of Christ umpire our hearts since as members of one body we we're called to peace. Let me ask you something. If we're not full of peace, is it because God doesn't work or we haven't figured out how to find God's application of peace in our life? He's the Shar Shalom. He came to bring peace. He's the general of peace. He's the chief of peace. And he says, let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. In other words, let the shalom of God umpire and direct and control our hearts. Let, let the, so, so if we don't have internal peace, then we have to back up and say, God, I need the umpire of peace to call a foul here and, slow, and, and tell me how to direct my life and how to steer things. In fact, I, I, one of the verses in, in, in Psalms says, seek peace and pursue it. Seek it. Peace isn't a vacation. Peace is something we pursue. We can all find peace. We have to seek it. We have to look for how to find it. And, and Jesus, prior to his death, said this in John 14, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. He's going he's gonna to ascend into heaven. He goes, peace I, my peace, peace I leave with you, and my peace I give you. Do not give, uh, uh, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. In other words, let peace be your umpire. Don't be troubled without peace. And, and we find Jesus operate. The prince of peace found himself one day. Uh, uh, in Mark chap Matthew chapter 8 and Mark chapter 4, there's a story that I think illustrates our human way of dealing with stress. There's disciples there. They, they were on one side of the Sea of Galilee, and they, were, they, they made plans to go to the other side. And they, they took, Jesus hopped in the boat with them, and they're going from here to there. Now, how many of you ever gone from here to there? And somewhere between here and there is where you're at right now. How many want to know that? And, and I want to call that place this. So between here and there is a place called this because this is where you're at. And this is where life happens. 
And I don't know where your this is, but it's right where you're living right now. And in, in, in this moment, they're on the way from one side to another. They're on their way to where God wanted to go. They're on a journey from here to there. And they're in this place. And when they're here in this place, a storm starts up. But when the storm starts up, what's the Prince of Peace doing? He's sleeping. Because external storms don't change his peace factor. He, he's got it. He's got a thermostat on the inside set for peace that regulates the rest of his life. It's the umpire for every decision, and he can be in a boat and fall asleep. And the disciples, they don't have the same thermostat. They haven't understood that the Shar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, the chief, op, chief operation, operation uh, officer of peace, is able to calm the storms. And so what do they do? They're freaking out. They're bailing the water. They're, and, and at one point, they're so scared. What do they do? They wake Jesus up hoping that they can cause a lack, a little bit more urgency in him because he shouldn't have so much peace. Because they're freaking out. And what does Jesus do? What's the Shar Shalom do? He stands up and what's he do? Peace be still. And what does it cause? Complete peace. We, we see the first Christological question. That's that's the first question about who Christ is in the New Testament when the disciples go, who is this man that even the winds and the waves obey him? Who's this man that can sleep during storms when we're freaking out? See, there's two storms that day. There was an external storm and an internal storm. And here's the reality. I'm convinced it's not the external storms that are hardest in our life. It's the internal storms. We internalize and wars on the inside. And we don't know where God, the Shar Shalom is because we're not at peace. And we assume if we're not at peace, he must like go. No, he's not. He's, not. He, he's the Shar. He's right there with us. But what I love is, is, is he. What does he do? He says, peace be still. Why? Because he can speak into things that aren't because he is. He can give peace because he is peace. Jesus has peace. Jesus is peace. And Jesus gives his peace. I don't know about you. That excites me because there's days in Mark Swifel's life that I need a little bit more peace. I need peace to be my umpire and not fear. I need peace to be my umpire and not anxiety. I need peace to be my umpire and not my mind monsters that keep me awake at night. Am, am I the only one in this room that might sometimes need peace to be my umpire more than my emotions? There's times. See, this is easy to preach but really hard to do. Or, or, or maybe I'm just preaching to myself today and you guys are just watching a guy who struggles with what you already have perfected. I, I, Isaiah, Isaiah goes on, talks more about this Prince of Peace. It says, you will keep in perfect peace. How do you want to know there's a perfect peace out there? All, say all. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. 
Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is your eternal rock. I, I think it's very similar to what Solomon said when it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. But there's a perfect peace for all who trust in him, a perfect peace for all whose thoughts are fixed. And that word fixed, it's an interesting word. It's the Greek word, or excuse me, Hebrew word, samar, which means to lean on completely, to rest completely on oneself. In other words, if you're at a place and the mind monsters keep you awake, you have to say, how do I fully fix and lean myself on him who's perfect peace? I got to trust in him and not my emotions. How many want to know there's days you have to talk back to your emotions? Like a teenager talks back to their parents. No, you can't talk to me like that. We can't, David said, why so downcast, oh my soul? Put your hope in God. He talked back to his feelings. He talked back to his emotions. And, and, and Isaiah is saying, there's a perfect piece. If you fix your trust on him, you fix your thoughts on him, you lean. It's kind of like that old song we sang, I sang when I was a kid. What a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine. When I find myself leaning on him. And the last verse says, I have blessed peace with my Lord so near and leaning on the everlasting. There's a peace if you fix your mind. I, I love how, that's the Old Testament. I love, I love how Paul says in the New Testament, Philippians chapter 4, turn with me in your tree Bible, or e-Bible, or screen Bible here. Philippians chapter 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious. He's talking about anxiety. So before you get anxious, what's he say? Rejoice. And then he says, do what? Rejoice again. You know what rejoicing is? Anyone ever watched a football, not a football game, a baseball game where it's the ninth inning, the bottom of the ninth inning, your team's down by one. You got a runner on second base. There's two outs. Who are you going to bring up to the base that night? You're going to look through your books and go, hey, who's the guy on our roster that knows how to handle pressure situations when you're up against the wall? Uh, you, this, guy, this guy has a propensity of coming through. You know what rejoicing is and praising is? Is when you bring up God's batting average and realize he came through last time, he'll come through again. He didn't leave me last time, he won't leave me this time. Oh, you, know, you, 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 you go to that, you praise him, you bring up his batting average. When you rejoice, you're bringing up God's batting average. He goes, before you get anxious, before you let the umpire of peace, the umpire of anxiousness rule you, you rejoice and you begin to thank God for who he is. You begin to, that's why we start our gatherings worshiping. It's not so, oh, well, let's just sing some songs. No, let's bring up God's bad and average because when we worship, we realize who he really is and we realize who he really is and that he is with us, that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, that, that, I, that the weapons of the world are not the weapons I have, but, the, but they have divine power to demolish strong. I, I realize, oh my goodness, that God is the prince of peace. Rejoice and rejoice. Don't be anxious. And it says, but through prayer and petition. Make your request to God. So, so, so you, want, you want to find peace? Praise him. And then praise him some more. Praise your way into happy places. 
Some of you got to get your chin off your chest and, and say, I, I don't feel like worshiping. Here's the deal. Why do we have to feel like worshiping? Since when's worship a feeling? I don't always feel like working out, but I still know if I get out there and I take the first step, I'm so glad when I'm out there, right? Here's what I know. Motion brings emotion. Write that down. Some of you need to realize, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I just pray I feel like worship. You worship before you feel like it. The feelings will come. And even if they don't, you worship him anyway because you worship him for who he is, not how you feel about life right now. It's a completely different situation. And Paul's saying, I'm going to rejoice my way into a better way of thinking. And a better way of feeling. And then he says, I'm gonna, when I bring up his bad image, I, oh my goodness, I'm going to pray. I'm going to petition him with thanksgiving. I'm going to present my request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard my heart and my mind. Look at me, friends. You want peace of heart and peace of mind? The emotional side and the mental side of things? You know how it starts it starts when you worship God for who he is, bring up his bad and average, and then you pray, you, 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 you cast all your cares on him, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. It's what Peter said in chapter 5, verse 7 of 1 Peter. Cast all your David said, in my distress, I cried out to God. Yes, I prayed to him for help in my time. What? Distress. And God heard me in his sanctuary, and my cries reached his ears. And Paul, Paul goes on, and, and, and it says it'll, it'll transcend understanding. In other words, you can be in a storm and fall asleep. Because the Shar Shalom is not dictated by outside storms, and the empire of his heart changed the inside to where he had peace. That's what we can have. It can transcend. Last week when my, my, my wife was home, and on Wednesday, uh, uh, she saw her daddy who's dying of pancreatic cancer. And the last words he says is, honey, I probably won't see you again on earth. Had a tear in his eyes, and my wife hugged her daddy and said, dad, I know, but I'll see you in heaven someday. And she called me at the airport. She says, Mark, I shouldn't have peace, but I have peace that passes all understanding because I know he's in daddy's hands. I know who my daddy's hands are in. There's peace that passes understanding. And, 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 and then I, we st that, that's the peace of God. But let's go to the next verse. In, in verse 8, it says, and, and, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Again, like, like, like earlier in Isaiah, there's perfect peace for those who fix their thoughts on him. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these excellent and worthy, uh, worthy of praise. In other words, you know, how many want to know sometimes it's our stinking thinking that's got us where we're at? Here's what I know. Things you depreciate tend to get worse. Things you appreciate tend to get better. 
If you think negative thoughts all day long, you're going to have negative output all day long. You have positive thoughts, and that's why you start with praise, and you start with prayer. You unload your concerns. You tell God what you're feeling, what, where you're at, why your heart's downcast, but your soul longs for him. And, and then you begin to think, lean on him and begin to think about the good things. Let, let's get some, let, let's, don't let the mind monsters take your mind over. Let the peace of God be the umpire in your mind and begin to think about the good things and what God can do and he's worthy of praise and put those into practice it says this then the God of peace will be with you follow me here for a second not on your notes here's a simple little like four if some of you guys are like uh, melancholic and want a four point like I want four things praise pray ponder put into practice and the peace of God will transcend that will will be with you and guard your heart and your mind and it says this it not just says the peace of God will be with you it says the peace of God will be with you and not just the peace of God will, will guard your heart and mind but God will, so, so here's the deal not only will you have the, the have the peace of God but you'll have the God of peace with you anyone want the peace of God but how do you want the peace of God and have the God of peace walking with you it's a double whammy that's like a whopper you can get off the, off the military base right there. Whopper of peace, the peace of God. Not the world's peace. The world can't t- give it to you, and the world can't take it away from you. It's the peace only God can give you. He's the Shar Shalom, the Prince of Peace. Peace is found in the presence of God. The battle for internal peace, it, it starts with our hearts and our minds, and, and, and we, we can seek it. Now, now, three steps real quick to finding peace. Write these down. Number one, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Matthew chapter 11, and it says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. That word weary, I looked it up in the original language. It's the Greek word copious. It's where we get like copious. Like when you're in a copious, you have copious amounts of worry and copious amounts of stress, you come to him. And literally it means when you're tired and you're exhausted, That could mean physically and emotionally, but you're weary. You are at the end of your rope. It says, come to me when you're at that place. And then it says this, and you're heavy, heavy laden or you're heavy burden. And, and, and that word burden, literally, it's, it's the buoyancy of a boat. When your boat's loaded down to where you don't think you can, you're going to be able to stand up anymore, it's going to flip over. There's a load limit. When, when you are at a place where you're weary and you don't think you have any more load limit left, come to me, he said. And I'll give you what? Rest. You know why? Because the Shar Shalom can give you what he is. He can give you what he is. Number two. Number two, connect with Jesus. You come to him, but you connect with him. We see this image when it says, then Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest, for my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden I give you is light. In other words, come to me. And and, and, in other words, saying is I have a yoke I'm going to put on you. He's going to put a yoke on us. We're going to cast our cares on him and then he's going to bring and put a yoke on us and we're like I can't take any more weight. We can take his yoke. A yoke. There's a spot for one 
and a spot for the other. What he's saying is connect with me and let me help you pull your load and I'll take it off your chest. You take my, because my burden is light. Why is his burden light? Because he's the Prince of Peace. Here's what it looks like for me. The other night, I, uh, there's, there's times I, I have stressful days. I have times I'm navigating situations and, 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 uh, and so I, I, was, I, I was in the hot tub the other day, and, and uh, you know, our life has been completely crazy the last five months. We've had a foster son that's been an incredible journey to have. Um, but, but the weight of the church and building projects and inflation and all those things, you know, we all have stress, right? And so I'm in the hot tub, and my, my boys are in there kind of wrestling, splashing, fighting, and uh, they don't know I'm going to the hot tub. It's not for them I'm in the hot tub. A hot tub for me is scripture memorization time. I've turned my hot tub into scripture memory time. So I've got my phone out there and I've got my flashcards and I'm memorizing verses and, and, and uh, uh, my goal is 52 verses a year. That's my goal. I, wanted, that's the pers- I just want to hide the word of God in my heart. And I, I realize that, that when you're tired, David, over and over, it says he found strength in God. Come to me. Friend, it doesn't say you're tired, go on vacation. Vacations, recreation. But friends, I'm, I'm convinced there's spiritual realities where you get strength from him that there's something that doesn't make sense right here. It, it passes understanding that will guard your heart and your mind in times of peace. And I'm in my hot tub, and for the first time ever, my, my boys go, can we go inside? Yes, please. And they went inside. I think they dried up the floor when they are done. But I sit up for the next half hour, and I'm memorizing, and I'm just going through my verses. And I came in from the hot tub, and I said, oh, Heidi. So how was it? I said, I am full. I'm full. The peace of God was all over me because I packed myself not full of prime rib, but prime word. And that prime word makes you strong. And that's what Jesus is saying. Take my yoke. How you get rest is different in the kingdom of God than the world has out there. See, the truth is this. We'll be yoked to something. My question is what you yoke to. What controls you, your time, your energy? Find God who you could be yoked with God. See, there's a, take my yoke. There's an exchange. I exchange my heavy yoke for his light yoke. See, we, 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 we all look for an escape, and God goes, don't try to escape where you're at. Let Put me in charge of where you're at. I'm the chief operating officer of peace. I'm the general. I'm the prince of peace. Come to me. Find rest. Find peace. Find hope. Find strength. It's, 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 not, it's not the way the world thinks, church. And then lastly, so we, we come to Jesus, we connect with him. And number three, we let Jesus change us. Now, at first, at first glance, when you read this, you're like, what does that mean? Well, it says, take my yoke upon you, learn. And it says, teach me, uh, let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle at heart. It says, I'm humble and I'm gentle at heart, and you'll find rest for your, what's it say? Souls. Friends, look at me. 
We need rest for our souls. The damaging part of a lack of peace and our life so wound up tight that we can't take a break and be like, I just can't, if I, if I don't slow down, I, 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 it's, gonna, it's all gonna crash. Friends, that's a soul ruining thing. Read the book of Psalms all the number of times David says, oh, my soul longs for you as the deer pants for the water. Oh, my soul's hungry for you, God. Let God change you. When you come to him, he'll teach you. And he'll teach you what? He'll teach you to be humble and gentle. That's the exact opposite of our culture. Our culture is aggressive and arrogant. Let's take more on. I don't have to wait. I don't have to pause. I don't have to consider. I don't have to pray about it. Just jump right in. Get overcommitted. And that's where stress comes in. But, but he says, I will make you what? Gentle. I'll make you Slow back and take second thought before you say yes to the next thing. I want to teach you how to make sure you live in peace. And then he says this, I'll make you humble. Why? Because you know what arrogance says? I can take more. Arrogance says I can do it. I can handle more. I can handle it. Friends, we weren't created to handle everything. Come to me. Take my yoke. Connect with me. And let me teach you how to think life a little differently. See, some of us need to seek peace and pursue it. You have to seek it, which means you have to change some situation. You, you, you just have to change. Gentleness and humility is an antidote. It's not something our culture puts on the forefront of everything. Oh, they're gentle and humble. The gentleness he's talking about is the ability to sleep during a storm and wake up and cause the storm and go, Phew. he's our shar shalom. Not two things. We talked about peace with God and the peace of God. Now, maybe you're here today and you don't have peace with God. Maybe you're online, you're watching, maybe you're in a correctional facility and you're far from God. The peace of God is not there. You're not sure if you died today if you have peace with God. But there's an expiration date on the milk carton of all of your lives. You're not promised tomorrow. And you, you can develop a relationship with God as easy as we say here at True North is A, B, C, A. Admit you've sinned. B, believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. And C, confess Jesus as the Lord of your life. If you're here and you've never prayed that prayer, you listen online, you've never prayed that prayer, I'd like to pray with you right now. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes all across this place? Just pray this prayer silently as I pray it out loud. Dear Jesus, today I admit I've sinned. But I believe you died on the cross to forgive me of my sins. So Jesus, please forgive me today for my sins. And God, I confess you as the Lord of my life, as my Savior and my life leader. Please forgive me today in Jesus' name. And Lord, help me live for you with all my heart. And Lord, thank you for the peace with God that I just began a relationship with in Jesus' name. Be sure to stay in touch by following us on social media so you can stay up to date with all that is happening at True North Church.